This is a Capricorn FM podcast. This Grade 12 lesson is proudly brought to you by the Department of Education in partnership with Capricorn FM. Working together, we can do more, providing quality education. I'm Joseph Samson Fibodrogo. Welcome, listeners and Grade 12 learners. This is Geography Lesson Network, which forms part of Paper 2. Um, I'll start by highlighting the most important thing in Paper 2, which is the structure of the uh, of the examination paper. Paper 2 map work is one hour and a half paper, which will be written second on the day of geography examination. This question paper consists of four questions, which are all compulsory, comprised of the following. Question one is multiple choice question, which is for 15 marks. Question two, Geographical techniques and calculations for 20 marks. Application of theory and map. And photo interpretation for 25 marks. The last question, which is question four, is geographical information system, which is for 15 marks. I would like to stress the following things. Learners sometimes they disadvantage themselves because they do not analyze all the resources. Meaning what? We have got orthophoto map and topographical map that we should use to understand this. And some general information sheets. This can help learners to answer all the questions very well. When we open our question paper, I will use the one that learners were using for supplementary examination, which is of Odendalras. There is information which is in page three, which is a general information sheet. And in that general information sheet, learners, please start by reading it and you analyze it because it contains the most important information. Just to highlight certain information for you. I will use the map of Odendalras, like I said. Odendalras is the oldest gold mining town in Lichelaputra district municipality in, in the gold field of Free State Province in South Africa. The town is at 1,344 meters above the sea level. The two streams drain more the province. The Upper Orange River, which formed the province's south boundary, and the Val River, part of its northern boundary. The climate varies from warm to temperate with an annual rainfall of 1,020 millimeters in the east and semi-arid with a rainfall of only 380 millimeters far west. Frost is common over the entire province from May to September and because rainfall is unreliable, long periods of drought are frequent. So if you look at this general information, even before you can go through the question paper, you will understand that on that Dalras is old gold mining. In other words, there will, be, there will be questions that will be asking you about the primary activity taking place in this particular map. Already from general information, you have got the key information. And another question, you will be asked about on that Dalras, even if you're from Limpopo, 
if you've never been in Odendal Ras. From this general information in South Africa, again, even if there could be a question that would be based on the altitude height of 1,344 meters above, let us also check the drainage. We are supplied with the information that Odendal, having said that, at least you will have information about also the climate that this area is found in a temperate with an annual rainfall of 1,200 millimeter on the east and semi-arid rainfall of 300 millimeter. In other words, my advice to you is that never ever start to go through the question paper without having that general information. That will be very helpful. Now, let's focus now on the first question question one, which is multiple choice question. Before we can analyze it, there are key things that I want you to, uh, to understand. When you answer multiple choice question is 15 marks, please use capital letters when you answer. I repeat that. When you answer, when you put your answer in block of those alphabet, please use capital letters. Because some of your handwriting sometimes, it cannot be rendered friendly. But if you try to use capital letters, your answer will be more visible. Now, this multiple choice question, like I said, it is out of 15 marks. And there is something which is very quite interesting. If you check for the past two, three years, the first question, they will ask you about the province in which the town you are given is situated. In this situation, we are asked a question to say, Odendalras is situated in U province. Already from the general information, you are given a tip to say Odendalras is found in Free State province. Say, for example, if this coming exam you are given, let's say, Polokwane City, Obviously, from the general information, they will tell you that Lukwane City is found in Limpopo province at this altitude where the temperature varies like this and that. Obviously, you need to take note of that. Number two, you will also be asked questions based on direction. There are two things that I want to emphasize here. Direction can be asked with regard to the river. If you are asked to say in which direction is this particular river flowing, just take note of the four important things. Number one, just check if there is a dam wall along the path of that particular stream. Say, for example, if a river is flowing from north going to south, somewhere in the middle, water will dam up on the northern side, you will actually know that the river is flowing towards the south. That is where you check the dam wall. Number two, the tributary. The tributary will join the main river at an acute angle. That is another thing that you should take note of. In other words, when you do mathematics, you actually know what is meant by acute angle. The direction in which the the, main, the tributary will join the main river, will give you a direction in which that river is flowing. Number three, you need also to check the altitude. Where, if there is a contour line, 
and a sport type somewhere there. You check along the path on how is that altitude decreasing. A river will flow from the highest altitude to the lowest altitudes. The fourth way in which you can use, if a river is entering into the ocean, obviously you will have to follow that path. You will be able to understand that if it's coming, getting into the ocean, you will be able to tell the direction. That is also very important. And even when we look at the map codes, from the bottom of your map, you will be asked about um, the situation of the map code. If you look at the index, our map of Oden Dalras is 2726 DC. Now, when you look at the index, you can be asked a question about the map that covers the north or south or east or west. Let's try to check the one which is found on the west of 2726 DC Oden Dalras. The one which is found on the west will be 27. 26 CD. In other words, when you look at the index sheet, that will give you the better understanding of answering this question very well. Again, generally, the answer on multiple choice question is from inside and outside the map. Those informations are there. Just to give an example, contour interval. When you look at your map outside the map here. There is somewhere where you will be told about the contour interval. Just to give an example, the contour interval for topographic map is 1 is to 50,000, whereas the contour interval for orthophoto map is 1 is to 10,000. Now, what is contour interval? Contour interval is the difference between the two contour lines. In other words, when you analyze the contour, line, the contour lines in the topographical map, you will realize that the difference is 20, whereas on the orthophoto map, the difference will be 5. Now, let's also check the scale. The scale of a topographical map, like I said, is 1 is to 50,000, and the one of photo, author photo map is 1 is to 10,000. Learners sometimes when they answer, they make a mistake of saying author photo map is greater than the topographical map. Instead of saying the scale of author photo map, which is 1 is to 10,000, is greater than the scale of topographical map. In other words, when we look at the scale, we check on how the map is reduced. In other words, the topographical map was reduced 50,000 times, whereas the orthophoto map was reduced 10,000 times. That is why the orthophoto map look much bigger than the scale of topographical map. In, in other words, the features on orthophoto map will look more visible. I would also would like to address the other topic with regard to the bearings. 
You can also be asked a question with regard to the true bearing. Say, for example, um, on your question paper, you were asked in question 1.10, the true bearing of a trig beacon 294 in F5 to the windmill in block E1 on the topographic map. If, in other words, you need to use a protractor. Here you cannot use estimation or you use a guesswork. You need to apply your skill. And when you look at the direction where it is written north, that is where you will have to put zero. And we need to measure going in a clockwise. And when you do your calculation, you will be able to reach the area where you are expected to identify. That is also very simple. Now, there will also be a question in multiple choice question where you'll be asked about the altitude. Now, what is an altitude? An altitude is the height above sea level. Now, there are four things that you should take note that when we check the altitude, we use spot height, tree beacon, contour lines, and benchmark. I hope many of you, you are familiar with this feature that I'm talking about. Don't forget that when you check the altitude, you use spot height, tree beacon, contour lines, and benchmark, and you'll be able to see it on the map. Right, when you are still there, you will also be asked to identify man-made features. Sometimes this question will also be there when we do the interpretation, where you'll be asked about a man-made feature, which is on the orthophoto map, but you are expected to identify it on a topographical map. That is the skill that I would like you to know. And don't ever get into the examination, not knowing also how to apply the scale of grid reference. Grid reference, that is when we use the coordinates using the lines of latitude and lines of longitude. Now, you should start by checking at the top left corner. Then you will have, let's say, 27 for Odendal Ras. That is a number which is representing a latitudinal coordinate, whereas 26 it's using, it's representing longitudinal coordinates. In other words, you will have to use this 27, which is in a degree unit. Then there will also be minutes and seconds. Take note of this. One degree is equals to 60 minutes, whereas one minute is equals to 60 minutes. In other words, when you address this coordinate, you should start by checking the degrees, then you come to minutes and seconds, going to the south, then you check a degree, minutes and seconds, going toward the east, then you do the coordination, then you'll identify the feature which is needed. Now, you can also be asked question, as a general question, about the street plan. And the advantage that you will have 
is that you do this paper in the afternoon, whereas in the morning you will have studied the content where you will study about the street plan. And you need also to be able to differentiate between unplanned, regular, radial, planned, and the grid ion. So if you have got that background, that will never give you any problem. And again, you can also be asked questions with regard to stream patterns. Actually, the information you learn in a content, it is very necessary that you will use it when you treat paper two. That is why paper two is a practical paper and it is very simple and very quite interesting. Now, there are things that you need to focus on the orthophoto map, like landforms, man-made features. For example, you can check symmetry, school, hospital, tower, recreation, all these kind of things. If you check on the orthophoto map, for you to get a clue, you should go now to the topographical map. That is where you will see signs and symbols that will give you the true reflection, the right answer. In other words, when you do this paper, don't ever ignore to check the reference, to check the index. That is where you will have information and you will be able to attempt the question on multiple choice very well. Now, um, I will just also give you one of the example, which was 1.4 on a multiple choice question. The question was, the contour interval on the orthophoto map is, like I said, if you ask about the contour interval, when you go to the topographical map also, along the side of it, you are given an answer where it is written contour interval for orthophoto map is five meters, of which answers are there, but people who are lazy, they are not analyzing this. So you should analyze this with that five minutes, that you, 15 minutes that you are given to say, go through your question paper. Just study this. This will help you when you do multiple choice questions. It is very possible that you can get total. The issue of map code, direction, features, so that will be very simple. And one other key question, by just merely looking at the map, you need to check the drainage. If you see a lot of rivers and dams, it will give you a picture. When you look at the cultivated lands, green color whatsoever, it will also give you the picture of how does this area look like. Just also look at the roads. Here I'm talking about national road, arterial road, main road. This will help you when you answer your questions. Even the railway lines, all those kind of things are very important. Now, when you look at the settlement, let's say the, the, the built-up area, this will tell you whether the area is a town or it's a rural settlement. That you should also take note of that. That is also very important. In other words, when you approach the multiple choice question, you should approach it 
with a positive attitude, starting from uh, reading the general information, then you analyze what is on the map, given information on the reference, then after that, you look on the side of the map, then you'll have the key, you'll have everything that you need. Now, let's now move to calculations and techniques. That is also very important. Now, with regard to calculation, I will expect you to know the method of calculating of an area. Just given an information, when you calculate the area covered by Oslo photo map, you will be expected to calculate um, the area, then you should know the formula. That is very important. Sometimes you are given the formula, where formula is area is equals to length multiplied by breadth. Now, understand the question first. You can be told to say, calculate the area in kilometers or in meters squared. Take note of that. You should be able to know. If you are using kilometers squared, then you should divide that by 100,000. The Limpopo Department of Education believes that education is the key to overcoming poverty. As a result, we have partnered with Capricorn FM to bring radio lessons to all grade 12 learners in Limpopo. Starting on Monday, 17 August, tune in and catch expert teachers as they present life lessons for an hour. From Monday to Friday between 5 and 6 p.m. on Just Drive and again on Saturday and Sunday evenings between 6 and 7 p.m. on the Royal Movement and the Afterglow respectively. Limpopo Department of Education. Working together, we can do more, providing quality education. Now, we were still talking about how to calculate for an area. As you know, the formula of an area is equals to length multiplied by breadth. Now, whatever you measure for length, you should multiply it with a scale. Say, for example, if you are doing it on topographical map, our scale will be 50,000 and we divide it by 100,000 if we are converting our scale into kilometers. Then we also multiply our breadth, the measurement we measure, then we multiply it with a scale of 50,000 divided by 100,000. Just to give an example of um, the example from Oden Dalras when we measure the area covered by orthophotometry, our length was 11 centimeters. Then we multiply it by 50,000 divided by 100,000. Then the answer that we get is 5,55 kilometers. And when we calculate the breadth, it is we will find 5,7 centimeters multiplied by 50,000 divided by 100,000. The answer we get will be 2.8 kilometers. When we multiply now our length, which is 55,5 by 2.8, the answer will be 15.4. Now, for those learners who are very smart in mathematics, 
any number that you measure in centimeters, if you divide it by two, you'll get the answer in kilometers. Say, for example, you measure the distance, it was maybe six centimeters. When you divide that six centimeters by two, you'll get three. That is exactly the same that you'll get it when you multiply that six centimeters by 50,000 divided by 100,000. You'll still get three. That is the skill that I would like you learners to know. And another easiest way, that scale of one is to 50,000 is the same with 0,5 kilometers. Whatever measurement you do, you multiply it with 0,5, then you'll have your answer in kilometers. Please take note of that. If there will be a calculation with regard to the area, make sure that you get total because it is very simple. Um, let's also check another calculation based on magnetic declination. Firstly, you should start by knowing what is meant by magnetic declination. Magnetic declination is the difference between the true north and magnetic north. And that will be calculated to find out whether it is declining or moving away from the true north. That is why to calculate this, it is very important. Basically, you will also be given some information that where it will be on the bottom of your map or on the side. On this map of Odendalras, it was written, mean magnetic declination, 19 degrees, 9 minutes west of true north, July 2001. And the mean annual change is 5 minutes west between 1995 and the year 2000. And it is very important that you should ignore the second set of years. Now, having said that, you should know the method of calculating for magnetic declination. Please write it down. The first one, you should know the present year. Of which the present year, you will write 2020. You will be given a mark for that. Just to write present year, 2020. There is a mark for that. Number two, you need to write different in years. In other words, how to calculate for different in years? You will simply say 2020 minus. Here we are given the year July 2001. In other words, the difference between 2020 and 2001 is 19 years. Now, step number three, you should also be able to write mean annual change at, at that steps of the method. Mean annual change. The information is given there for you to write five minutes west. Then you'll go to step number four for finding the total change. How to find the total change? For you to find the total change, you should multiply the difference in years and mean annual change. Remember, our difference in years was 19 
Yes, whereas mean annual change is five minutes west. So if you multiply the two, it will give you 95 minutes. Now, when you look at that 195, you'll agree with me that it is more than a degree. So we'll take 60 out of that 95, it will be a degree and will remain with 35 minutes. In other words, that 95 minutes makes one degree 35 minutes. That is very important. So what you should do when we do the addition, you will try now to find magnetic declination of 2020 and you will add 19 degrees, nine minutes west plus that's 95 minutes west, which I said we'll have to convert it to have one degree, 35 minutes, and it will give us 20 degrees, 44 minutes. Now, if we are dealing with west, and west what we should do we add but if we were to do direction of west and east then we subtract that is very important in other words when we check the direction in which the 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 the, the, the magnetic will be declining then you will be able to tell you say the direction is moving towards or away. If it's moving towards the east, you subtract. If it's moving towards the west, then you add. Now, for your trial question paper, you were asked to calculate for magnetic bearing. Now, what is magnetic bearing? Magnetic bearing is when we add true bearing plus magnetic declination. I will repeat that. Magnetic bearing is equals to true bearing plus magnetic declination. In other words, for you to get the magnetic bearing, you should start by calculating for the true bearing. Here, you were given an information for finding the true bearing to say, calculate the magnetic bearing on the topographical map from the reservoir in block A4 to spot height 1346 in block B5 for the current year. In other words, when you measure that, like I said, you use a protractor. Then the answer there it was 113 degrees, 113 degrees. In other words, when you get the magnetic bearing, that's where you'll say 113 degrees plus 20 degrees, 44 minutes west. The one that I've alluded to you when we calculate for the magnetic declination, it will give you the answer, which is, one 
33 degrees 44 minutes. And don't forget that when you calculate for magnetic bearing, you will have to find the true bearing first, and you add with the magnetic declination. There you will get your marks very well. Now, let's also move further to another form of calculation, which is the gradient. Now, what is gradient? Gradient is the steepness of the slope. In other words, when you look at the topographical map, we should be able to tell whether the area is steep, whether the area is gentle. Um, there is a formula for calculating for the gradient, which is vertical, which is gradient is equals to vertical interval divided by horizontal equivalent. Now, you should have the first step where you need to calculate for the VI, which is the vertical interval. Here you were asked a question to say, with reference to the topographical map, calculate the average gradient between the trigonometrical station 294 in block F5 and spot height 1385 in block F6. In other words, you should start by locating those two points. Then, after doing that, you will have to say 1,385 meters, which is the altitude in the trigonometrical beacon in block F5 and the spot height, which is 1385. So when you subtract this two, 1385 minus 1379,6, it will give you 5,4 meters. That is your answer for vertical interval. Now, you should also get now the horizontal equivalent. Horizontal equivalent is the horizontal distance. In other words, from that block F5, where there's a trigonometrical beacon, to a spot height which is in F6, then you will have to take a ruler with a sharp pencil. You draw a straight line from one point to the other. Then you measure the distance. So when you measure the distance, you will find out that the distance there was two. 0.1 centimeters because um, when we calculate the gradient our VI it was in meters so we should convert that 2.1 centimeters into meters how to calculate the centimeters into meters there, there are two ways that you can use number one you can multiply that number you obtain by 500 meters. That is exactly the same like when you say 2.1 multiplied by 50,000 divided by 100. Where does that 100 come from? You will agree with me that when you look at the metric system, there is 100 centimeters in a meter. There is 100 centimeters in a meter. That is why when we convert 
we divide that distance, multiply by scale, divide by what? By 100. Then you will get your answer, which is 1,050. Now, we'll go to the next step where you'll divide that vertical interval, which is 5.4 by 5.4, where it will give us 1. And then that 10,050 that we get, 1,050, we also divide it by 5.4 meters, where the answer will be 194,44, which is our answer. In other words, when we interpret this, if you walk 194.44 meters horizontally, you will be ascending by a meter. When you travel 194,44 meters horizontally, you will be ascending by a meter. And just also take note of the following, dear learners. You will also be asked whether this, this slope, this gradient, is steep or gentle. Now, have this information. If whatever you measure is below 20, it can be either 10 or 15 or 19, just actually know that that slope is steep. I repeat, if you measure the, 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 the horizontal distance, you find that it is below 20 meters. You should know that that slope it's steep. But if you measure any distance like this one, it is 1 is to 194.44. It is above 20 meters. Just actually know that slope is gentle. You can measure it. It can be 23, 25, 35, 40. As long as it's above 20, just actually know that that slope is gentle. Um, there is also something that I want you to take note of. You will be also given maybe whether they can say calculate or measure the or you draw the cross-section for example. When you do the cross-section you will be like in a way interpreting whether the area you are given on the map, it is having maybe some obstacle or not. Say, for example, if there is place A and place B, somewhere here in between, if there is a mountain, somebody who is in town A, if there is a mountain, the altitude over there will be higher. So there won't be any intervisibility. The main point that I want to stress here is about intervisibility. If somebody who is in place A and there is a high altitude which is in a form of a mountain in between, you cannot see things which are in town B. And then you will be asked whether there is an intervisibility between area A and area B the answer will be no. And you will be also expected to give the reason. Then the reason you should indicate that there is an obstacle in between 
Some, they can say obstacle in the form of mountain or hill. That is still okay. Please take note of that. But if point A, that you are expected to spot, and point B, here in the middle, say, for example, there is a low-lying area, a low-lying area in the form of a valley. Now, somebody who is at that point will be able to see things which are in point B. Obviously, if you are asked to say, is there any intervisibility between the two areas, the answer will be yes. Now, you'll be also expected to give the reason. If you are asked to give the reason, you should be able to tell that the area somewhere in the middle there, it is a low-lying area. That is the reason why there is an intervisibility between uh, the two points. Let me just quickly also highlight the map interpretation about application and interpretation. Map interpretation will be out of 25, whereas the calculation, it is out of 20. So even with calculation, it is also very possible and easy that a learner can still get total. It is very possible that a learner, if fully prepared, you can still get total. You can calculate very well for magnetic declination. You can calculate for the area. You can calculate for the vertical exaggeration. You can also calculate for the gradient or else when you draw the cross-section. Obviously, those things are very simple because they're more practical. But given this question three where it is out of 25, this is where now you'll be doing application. More practical thing now. You will be using also photo map and topographical map. What you don't see it well from auto photo map, you can go now to topographical map, then you analyze it well. You should start by looking at the general uh, activities taking place on the map. So what am I referring to activities taking place there? You need to check around the area if they are practicing mining, agriculture, and then uh, if in that particular area is a mining area, you should be able to also give reasons where you'll find excavated, excavation, diggings. Sometimes you'll be given names of, let's say, a particular mine in that particular area. Even this Odendal Ras is a mining town which is found in Free State. So when you look around the area here, there is mining dump, there is also excavation, there is digging, conveyor belts, all this give us a reason that this area, there is a primary activity which is taking place here, which is mining activities under primary activity. Of which, if in another map that you can be given, maybe there could be a lot of agriculture taking place. Evidence. Just check whether there is orchard, cultivated land. Just also look at the drainage whether there are rivers, dams that supply agricultural activities with water. That is also very important. I would also like very quickly to talk about vegetation. Vegetation can tell us more picture about the particular area. 
cultivated lands, rows of trees, agricultural activities taking place there. And I want to say something about the rows of trees. You can also be asked about the significance of the rows of trees next to, let's say, farmland. Those rows of trees can help to control, let's say, erosion. But if you find the rows of trees next to the buildings, just actually know or those rows of trees play an important role as the windbreakers. And it can also be used for aesthetic appeal. What do I mean? To make the area to look so beautiful, and it also helps to purify our atmosphere. If that area is a industrial area where there is carbon dioxide whatsoever, some of those trees play an important role of taking carbon dioxide and giving us oxygen. Uh, we need also to check, take note of uh, drainage around the map, which features... Uh, will you have to know you need to check the pattern of rivers within that particular area in other words you will be asked question about whether rivers which are there is perennial or non-perennial how will you tell to say this river is perennial a perennial river you will see it by a blue solid line a blue solid line will be telling us to say this river is perennial, whereas a broken line will be telling us to say this area is uh, having a non-perennial river. So we'll also have canals, reservoirs, dams, and then this will also say something. When we do the interpretation, let's say, for example, dams, canals, reservoirs, will also be giving us information to say this area it is found in a semi-perennial rainfall it is giving us information about the season this grade 12 lesson was proudly brought to you by the department of education in partnership with capricorn fm working together we can do more providing quality education that was a capricorn fm podcast for more podcasts visit capricornfm.co.za